Hi, this is Laura Lee Griffin. And this is Nikki May with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. As part of our ongoing print-on-demand series, we've been introducing you to different companies and marketplaces, and we're supplementing our own experience by interviewing artists with expertise in different areas. Today, we're excited to introduce you to Brittany Lewis, an artist, photographer, and outdoor enthusiast obsessed with travel, journaling, and being in nature. Her colorful, bold work includes surface design, typography, photography, ink, and more. We specifically invited her to talk to us today about her experience with Society6 and how she developed her style, created and developed a successful Society6 shop during the pandemic, which has now created some really amazing licensing opportunities with Target, Smartwool, and more. Brittany, welcome to the Stardust Society. Thank you. So excited to be here. So we like to start all of our interviews with your Stardust story, how you got started with art and your business. And for you especially, we'd love to hear about the diverse combination of products, platforms, and interests that make up your creative career. Oh my gosh, it feels like eons ago when I started. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I've always been a creative person. I've been making art since I was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, But initially, when I went to college, I went for biology. Oh, wow. I remember remember looking under the microscopes and being like, oh my God, this mitochondria would be amazing pattern. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not paying attention. I'm drawing and like, I don't know if this is for me. So I'm like naturally good at like science, Uh but I just wanted to draw. So I told my mom and she was like, are you sure? Like, this is what you want to do. And I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And we had the Art Institute of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And I went to tour the school and they only had fashion marketing. They didn't have fashion design. But me being young, I'm like, it's fashion. I can design clothes. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) So I went there. Um, So I got my associate's degree in fashion marketing. And I learned that I had a thing for graphic design naturally. So I had been using Photoshop since I was about 15. Yeah. I used to be on Flickr all day and like <laughs> learning all the tricks and yeah. stuff. And um, I had one best portfolio and I was like, oh my God, I guess I am really good at this stuff. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I had decided that I wanted to go to SCAD. Mm-hmm. So I uh, booked a tour to SCAD and I'm like, oh my God, the school is amazing. This is like the real deal. I actually went there for uh, grad school. Oh, it's yeah, so beautiful. It's amazing. Like, when I when I when I got there, I was like, okay, this is the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once I live here, it's so cool. Um, so I went to SCAD for accessory design and jewelry. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I got my bachelor's. I took some jewelry classes there too. So yeah, much fun. So much I was fun. Like, oh my god, yeah. amazing. Okay. So I kind of developed some skills, not only in graphic design. So I'd been using Photoshop, Illustrator, doing vector work, but I also learned how to make jewelry and handbags. Very cool. So after I graduated, I was like, where am I going to go next? I'm from New York originally, but I don't like the cold. (laughs) (laughs) We don't either. We can relate. (laughs) I, I just can't function. So I was like, I could either go to New York and be cold or go to California. <laughs> so yeah. I moved here in 2014 and never looked back. <laughs> so, so I moved to California. I had a couple of interviews through SCAD and I ended up taking an internship with a jewelry designer here. And I was in Beverly Hills. It was like culture shock. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So I worked for a couple of small um, jewelry designers. Uh-huh. And then I ended up at King Baby in Santa Monica. And I learned so much. What is King Baby? King Baby is a jewelry designer in Santa Monica. They make everything by hand. Cool. So like, wow. you get to see like from sketch yep. to the final piece, like in the, um, 
I would call, I wouldn't say it's a factory because like, it's like 20, 30 people. Uh But uh, yeah, it was so cool to like be able to like see it from start to finish. But there I worked in production. So I was actually the production manager. Uh Um, So I managed a team of about 20 to 30 people and I had to make sure that we hit all of our shipping deadlines on a regular basis. And doing that, I realized that I could really multitask. Mm -hmm. So I was doing graphic design. I was doing production. I was doing admin. I was helping with marketing. And I'm like, wow, like I really like doing a lot of things. Yeah. I consider myself to be a jack of all trades. And I was like, you know what? I think I could like do this for myself one day. Nice. Um, So a couple of years go by and I ended up working at a design agency And I started doing a lot of like um, graphic design um, Mm -hmm. and doing marketing, but I found myself kind of like stuck. I just felt like my creative voice wasn't being heard. I guess I was doing more design of service and not really art. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, So I was kind of like stuck and I was just like, I really want to like make something of my own. And that's when I started doing Society6 work. And I'm like, let's just see where this goes. I didn't have like a plan or anything. So you were just doing that on the side while you were working full time? Exactly. Okay. And there was like no plan. I was just having fun, like just making art for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that was like when I was having the most fun because I had a full-time job. My bills were paid. I was good. Right. And I was literally just making stuff for fun. <laughs> yeah. There's not the pressure on there that you have to like, you know, turn it into to, to something to support yourself. I, I can understand that. Exactly. So I was experimenting. I was doing digital stuff. I was taking Skillshare classes. Mm-hmm. I was playing around with ink and watercolor, watercolor pencils. Mm-hmm. I was being influenced by all those people on YouTube and like buying all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Nikki and I know nothing about that. <laughs> no, no, nothing. I'm just like, why do I have this? I didn't even like use this stuff, but <laughs> you know how it goes. So yeah, that's how I got started. And then it started, I guess, around the pandemic and when all that stuff happened, I was like, you know, I think I really want to like see what I can make and see if I can like channel my artistic voice. And I remember um, around the time, I think that the um, George Floyd thing was happening. Yeah. I had made the more us, more we uh, poster that I made on Society6 and it got posted on their homepage. Oh, like wow. They posted it on their Instagram mm-hmm. and like it just blew up from there. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty incredible. So you started like dabbling in that in 2020, 2019 timeframe, right? Yes. So I think I originally started in like 2016, 2017. I was like putting up random pieces of artwork, Mm -hmm. but I didn't take it seriously until the end of like 2019. Okay. And you not only do art, like I've seen on Society6, you also have some fine art photography, right? Yes. So a couple of years ago, I think I randomly decided to go to Yosemite Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, for my husband's birthday. Yeah. And um, I just really started getting into photography. I told you I was taking those Skillshare classes Mm -hmm. and I had bought a camera and I was like, I just want to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And I started taking all this landscape photography and I posted it on Society6. And I think the cool thing, I think working in marketing and like Working for a brand, you know, you really have to stick to like guidelines. And when I was putting stuff on Society6, I let all that stuff go. You could do whatever you wanted. (laughs) I was like, brand? What's a brand? I'm just going to throw it on there and see what happens. So it was really cool to see like what picked up and what did it. And it, I felt like it really gave me the freedom to like do what I wanted Mm -hmm. because like on my portfolio, I was scared to post that stuff because it didn't fit with anything. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know where this stuff is going to go. So I'm just going to throw it on society six and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And one of the, um, it was actually a picture from the side of the road. I wasn't on a trail. I didn't do anything magnificent Mm -hmm. and it went viral. They put it on the homepage again. Wow. (laughs) So it was so cool. Like that's one of my best sellers on that website. And what is that one of? It's just it's two trees and like the valley. It was on the side of the road, like half domes, not in it. Like it's nothing like spectacular, oh, wow. but it was during sunset. Mm. So the color and the tones like. It was beautiful. We'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So looking at your website and everything you post and, and talk about travel seems to be a really big influence and especially being outdoors 
Um, yes. Tell us more about that and how that fits in with your creative practice and some of the favorite places that you've been. Yes. If it's, it's everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's where everything starts. So originally, I also, when I was working at King Baby, I started making handbags. And I was like, you know, maybe I could like make a handbag company on the side. So I was actually making handbags out of cork and I put them on Etsy. And I was, I think that was around the time when I was like, okay, I have to like be on Instagram and I have to do all the things. So I started traveling to take pictures of my bags, but then I started enjoying the traveling more (laughs) than making the bags. So like I was really getting into photography at the time. And like whenever I came back home from a trip or a hike or just visiting someplace, I was so inspired. Like I had so many ideas and it just changed everything for me. Um, and then I think when I noticed, like, I wasn't getting the traction on Instagram, I'm just like, I do not know <laughs> what to do <laughs> with Instagram. Like, I was really trying. I was, like, doing classes, but I just wasn't getting the engagement that for the amount of time that I was putting into it, especially investing in, like, the cameras, the equipment, trying to do video. Like, mm-hmm. I was spending money on outfits, trying to coordinate <laughs> with the places that I was going. It was so intense. All for the gram. All for the gram, but I wasn't seeing anything in return. So I think I stopped making handbags and then I kept traveling though. And like, I I think that was when I started my blog. I was like, I don't know where to put this stuff because like I was still working, like doing freelance and graphic design. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really, I couldn't put it on my portfolio. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not sure how to navigate being like a multifaceted artist. Like I'm not sure how to like package this. Right. Because I can't like send a brand to my website and be like, oh yeah, I'm doing photography too, but I'll make you a logo. <laughs> so it's like, it was so confusing. Well, I have that same problem. Yeah. Totally. A lot of us, a lot of us have that same issue. I mean, I'm, you know, I do also graphic design, web design, branding, fine yeah. art, more commercial art. And I always play with that, you know, do I put it all together on one website because it's all me or do I have separate ones? So how have you handled that? It's so confusing. Oh my gosh. So initially I was doing everything off Instagram and I think I had, uh, I think I called it Brigitte Accessories. That was my bag page. Mm-hmm. And then I had Buy Brigitte, which I still have today. Mm-hmm. And I was doing both of them, but it just felt so weird. Like, and then just the time constraints of both. So I started to make my own website. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try like blogging. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going to go, but at least I can like not throw myself in a box. I felt like on Instagram, I was stuck and I had to do the same thing over and over again. But like, I love so many things. (laughs) I like (laughs) photography. I like painting. I like digital. None of this fits together. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know how to scale this because- I love so many things yep. <laughs> and I don't think that's how the algorithms work. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't do Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> so for those two years that I was growing on society six, I did not post <laughs> Yeah, and my business grew, but now I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm starting to get like these connections with these brands. And I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> I'm not on Instagram. And like, they want to tag me and stuff. So now I'm like trying to navigate how to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's really cool is that your your business grew and your art grew without you having to constantly post on Instagram. A lot of people think they have to do that, right? Yeah, totally. But I think also when I was on Instagram, I was comparing myself to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I would be influenced either by a material that they were using or maybe the color pattern. And I'm like, oh, my God, like now my work looks like theirs and not even on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like seeps in it's just. Yeah. Subconsciously. So like I think tuning that out and really kind of just letting my art develop into its own signature style it really helped me and just like focusing on that because I think when you're you're trying to make your business um, be great and then also become an amazing artist focusing on marketing can kind of like marketing so important but it can just like change your entire course of your business so I think like turning that off for a little bit and like really like focusing on my voice my story what I'm really attracted to like it just changed everything. Yeah. And then I also realized that 
when some of the brands started reaching out to me, they said, oh, my God, I read your blog. Like, I've been to this place. I saw that you like this. Like, oh, I wow. feel like I know you. Awesome. So I was like, I guess I thought like writing those blog posts were like for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love journaling. So I'm just like, maybe I should just put this out there. Well, um, your scrapbook section yes. on your on your blog is what really. Yeah. So I actually found you because I was looking for people to talk to about society six. And then I found your website and your blog and Uh especially the scrapbook section, which is a pretty unique style. I really liked, but, um, yeah, it's so much fun, but, and speaking of style, let's talk about your signature style that you developed. Um, can you talk about how that happened, where it came from, how you started? I mean, you have a very distinct style with your design work. Tell us how you figured that out. So, Like I said, I've been drawing since I was a child. Mm -hmm. And crazily enough, I've been drawing like little shapes and colors, like on my homework (laughs) since I was a kid. But I never realized like how long I've been doing that until I started looking back at all of my art. And I'm like, all of my art looks like stained glass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Yeah, true. Yeah, I can see that. So like when I look at like my old portfolios and some of my projects from college, I'm like, there's always a little bit of like just geometric color work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, it's just something that like I've been doing and because I do it every day, mm-hmm. I think it's just become like a second language. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's something very natural that I've been doing for a really long time, but I've been trying to it incorporate like different things to differentiate myself because then when I do go on like Pinterest I'm like oh my god this type of artwork is like very popular right now like how am I going to make myself stand out like some of my favorite artists like um James Jean Mm -hmm. I can always recognize his artwork without his name being on it right just by his like fine line work and just the flow of his work so I'm like I really need to like work on you know what's my signature line gonna be what's my signature color palette so like really limiting the use of my colors Mm -hmm. and starting to play around with texture now. Um, I've been using Clip Studio Paint on my tablet and I've been like playing with screen tones and like all of these different patterns Mm -hmm. just to see like what sticks and how I can um, develop my voice and my signature style. So that's interesting. You mentioned that you use a tablet and the app you use is called what? Mm -hmm. It's called... It's called Clip Studio Paint. It's actually a manga comic book um, type software, but all of the shortcuts are the same as Photoshop. (laughs) It's very easy for me. That's convenient. Yeah, exactly. To use it. Very intuitive. Yes. Okay, so you use so you use a tablet, but a lot of people use an iPad and I don't think you actually use an iPad, right? No. So I only have an iPad because I like to make cinemagraphs like GIFs on my blog. And there's only one app that's for Apple. (laughs) So I have to have an iPad just for that app, (laughs) which is so sad because it's a complete waste of money. What is that app called? (laughs) It's called Flixel. They make cinemagraphs. So like it's easy to make GIFs, high quality GIFs though. Mm -hmm. So I I love that app. But that's the only reason I have an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) How did you decide on the... The Galaxy and the Surface instead of using the iPad? So I've been like going back and forth between Apple and Samsung for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So like because I work in the industry, everybody has a MacBook or whatever. So of course I have a MacBook. Um, But then when they took away all the ports, I'm like, I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) So like I sold my MacBook. I still have my iPad, but I was so mad at Apple. So I went and like full Samsung, changed my phone, got the tablet (laughs) and like it just works. So like my phone, my tablet and my laptop, they're all synced. So whenever Mm. I take a photo pops up on my computer. So like when I'm out, like sometimes I go to like parks or the beach and I'll like draw on my tablet, but my reference images are on my laptop. So it's nice to be able to take a picture with my phone, see it on my laptop and draw on my tablet. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that they kind of have that ecosystem that Apple has. Nice. But I feel like I'm like the only one that does not <laughs> use an iPad. What kind of stylus do you use? So it's actually like a Stadler pencil. I don't use the... Um, what is it called? The Galaxy Tab pencil that comes with it because mm-hmm. the nibs are no good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Stadler has um, a nib like Wacom. So it's like mm-hmm. really good nice. and it lasts a really long time. And there's there's no batteries. It doesn't need to charge. It's all good. Nice. Very cool. 
as we mentioned, you have a pretty distinct style. I love your use of color. How long did it take you to kind of to develop that? A long time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I had been like, like I said, like when I was at work or on lunch break, I would just be like trying to draw here or there. I remember, um, what was that book? I think it was called Draw Your Day or Draw Your World. It was a journaling book and it was trying to show you like how to journal and draw all day, every day. Is that a Danny Gregory book? I think I can't remember, but I remember reading it because I was like, I want to learn how to like capture my life. (laughs) Oh, it Um, might have been, um, what is her name? Cyan Baker, something Baker. She's got an amazing book about journaling your everyday. Yes. Samantha Dion Baker, Draw Your Day. That's it. Yes. Yes. So I remember reading that and I was like, I was so pressed on time. I was working crazy hours, but I still wanted to draw, but I couldn't like, I wanted to focus on it, but I felt like I couldn't. Mm -hmm. We can relate. So because I had a time constraint, (laughs) I had a time constraint. So I was like, I can either do this on my lunch break or at 4 (laughs) a.m. Because like by the time I got home, I live in L.A., like the traffic's horrible. It takes like two hours to get home. So I was just like, okay, I can do this for an hour Mm -hmm. or like wake up early and have like two to three hours. So I did it on my lunch break. So I was trying to figure out ways to do artwork quickly. So at first I started with watercolor. Horrible at it. I I don't have the patience for this. You can't erase. (laughs) I can't. So then I started with color pencils and I'm like, I kind of like these. I like like the how color pencils make me feel. It makes me feel like a kid again and it's like super relaxing. But like the color and the texture wasn't as bold as I wanted Mm -hmm. it. So then I tried watercolor pencils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of got the texture that I wanted. But again, like the coloring was taking way too long. So then I tried gouache because it was <laughs> all over Instagram. <laughs> I kind of I liked gouache a lot. But again, I couldn't paint fast. Right. Like I'm just not fast. So then I started with my tablet and I'm super fast because, again, at first I started with my laptop. Mm-hmm. And I've, again, I've been using Photoshop since I was 15. So quickly I was like doing all these shapes and stuff, started playing with Illustrator. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. So like, that's when it started. I started playing with typography. I was just playing with lines, like just experimenting. And I got super, super quick. And like, it's almost like second nature to me, which is really cool. It's almost like another language. Yeah, definitely. And you can take it with you so much easier than taking like, I don't know, gouache or... I, I mean, I guess watercolors yes. aren't too hard to take, but it's so much easier not to have to have no. the water and the pens and the whatever. Yes. Yeah. Portability is yep. a thing. So even like I had to take my little cousin to the doctor and I'm like, I can just draw up while I'm waiting. Yep. So it's like it's very convenient. It is. It definitely is. So let's let's get into Society Six. So yeah. you're still working full time and you're doing this stuff on the side and you're starting to post to Society Six. And just take us specifically through the Society Six journey. Oh my gosh. When it first started, I was like, I think it like popped up on an ad or something on Facebook. And I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Can you really make passive income? So I think I posted one random post of a girl with hair like me. Nothing. I think I got one sale that entire year. <laughs> <laughs> I made like no money. Um, another year went by. I think I posted like a couple of pieces, but nothing radical. I think I made like less than a hundred dollars that entire year. And then in 2019, when I started freelancing, I had more time on my hands. I was like, you know what? Let's see if this works. I think I came across, um, cat Coke and I'm like, Whoa, she's like living off her money. money. Like this is so cool. Like there's no way. Let's try it. So I started posting, I'd say like once or twice a month. I wasn't like putting that much time into it, but I started doing it more frequently. Mm -hmm. And I think I made four or $500 um, that year. And then around the time that George Floyd happened, I started like putting more purpose behind my artwork. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't like abstract stuff. Um, everything changed. So I was like, wow, let me like keep doing this. And like, I started, I think I tried a 30 day um, challenge where I was like, let me just see if I can like make one piece a day. And I did, I completed that. I think I tried like posting a couple of those on Instagram, but again, no traction. Um, But I started posting them on my blog as well. And then trying to explain like what my concepts were behind these collections and things just really started to take off. And I was like, well, how can I turn this into a business? Because I felt like 
if I really wanted my freelance and my surface pattern design um, section to really like blow up, I really need to like narrow in on something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how can I do this? I don't really have a social media following. I'm not on YouTube. (laughs) Um, How could I do this? Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe SEO. So I started looking into SEO and like really studying Google Trends. And I'm like, I could either like crank out a million designs a day or like really just figure out what people are looking for. So I started using Pinterest and Google Trends and like really like looking at what people are searching for on YouTube. You know, when you type something in and like the little drop down box comes down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, so maybe this is what people are looking for. And then I think Society6 at the time, they started releasing blog posts about what the most popular things were. And I'm like, okay, well, these colors are popular. Let's put some of these things in my travel photos together and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. I wish they had analytics so I could see like what SEO keywords like got people to my site. They don't. Yeah, that would be really nice, huh? (laughs) It would be amazing because I think Redbubble does it. I have no traction on Redbubble. I have the same artwork (laughs) on Society6 on Redbubble, but I think it's a different audience. Yeah. Well, when in this journey did they put you on the homepage? So right when that George Floyd thing happened, Mm -hmm. I was on the homepage the next week. Mm -hmm. And then like maybe a month later, my Yosemite picture from the side of the road, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was on the homepage. And then I believe they reached out a couple months later and they were like, hey, do you want to be on Deny Designs? And I'm like, what's that? (laughs) And that's when they told me about Target. I'm like target uh yes (laughs) no way so tell us so cool so tell us a little bit about deny designs and what um what artwork and products you did with them well first for people who don't know about it tell us what it is Yes. So Deny Designs is Society6. I would call it their wholesale portion. So they work with Target. I believe they work with Nordstrom and a couple of other uh, different stores to take the artist's artwork and literally put them in stores or on their websites. Mm -hmm. So it gives you way more um, outlook and it's amazing. So the only so they do make you sign contracts. Sometimes the percentages are different mm-hmm. than what is on Society Six. So I think on Society Six we make ten percent of each sale. Right. You can kind of control the I believe the art prints, but not the other products. Right. But with Deny Designs, sometimes that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so they reached out because I guess they saw that a couple of my um, artworks were selling, and I signed the contract, and it was done. I was so excited. Um, and it really like showed me that I could take this seriously because I was so like, sh- should I like I was freelancing because of the pandemic and everything. And I wasn't sure if like I should go back to corporate because mm-hmm. I'm like, I really want to like channel my voice and like really make money from my own artwork. But right. I was just like, I do have to retire and like <laughs> pay my bills. I don't know what to do. Probably a lot later than when Nikki and I retire. Just saying. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about how old we are again? Yes, I am. I am. It's okay. <laughs> I just wasn't sure like how it was all going to pan out. Like, can I really make a living, a substantial living from like doing this art licensing thing? Um, and then seeing all the courses that were coming out. Um, I think I did take Kat Cook's, um course on Skillshare. She had a course on Instagram, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then she showed us like how she... Um, creates our artwork and I'm like hey we kind of do the same thing but she like paints more Mm -hmm. right (laughs) um (laughs) but uh I was like I think I can do this I'm just not sure like how to navigate to get on people's radar but my blog has been bringing people in Mm -hmm. so shortly after um Denied Designs reached out a woman emailed me and she said hey I came across your blog I love your journaling um the CEO of my company wants to purchase like 200 pieces um, from Society6. And I'm like, what? oh, wow. <laughs> so sh- they purchased um, 200 uh, beach towels as their company gift for Christmas. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, for, for more us, more we. And Society6 handled it. I contacted, I think I went on their contact page. So I'm like, I don't even know if they could f- can fulfill this by this time because mm-hmm. I know that shipping, like you have to do all these things. And I'm like, let's see. So I reached out and they were like, oh yeah, we can handle this for you. We have a wholesale division. We can get it shipped out to them on time. So I made a great commission off of that. Uh, But again, she said she read my blog. She was so impressed. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, I thought I was blogging for no reason. Did she say (laughs) how she found your blog? Pinterest. Oh, Uh, interesting. You know, Pinterest is one of the best SEO things, I think, to drive people to your own website, right? Yes. 
So do you post on Pinterest regularly? So initially, I started using, what was it called? Tailwind? Mm -hmm. I think I came across somebody's blog and they were like, yeah, I use Tailwind. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't, again, didn't have the time because I was freelancing to like do all this research. So I was like, Tailwind, okay, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So like it automatically like pins stuff for me and... I guess it works. Awesome. <laughs> and I think Pinterest, I think it's a little bit uh, better for me. I'm an introvert. I don't like taking pictures of myself. <laughs> and then when like I'm making art, it's not like natural for me to be like, oh, let me like <laughs> make a video yeah. of me. Like, it's so awkward. Like, I don't know. I think I'm old. <laughs> like, It's like not natural for me to like do that. It's hard. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> first struggle. of all, you're not old. <laughs> yeah. And personality types are all different. I mean, I'm I'm a part introvert as well, and I'm I'm not super comfortable being on camera. Um, and I've kind of had to force myself into it because I'm teaching on Skillshare now. But but yeah, there's oh, awesome. that, that there's definitely a challenge with, you know, trying to, again, compare yourself to what everybody else is doing and thinking that totally. you've got to like figure out how to do the same thing. So. Yeah, it's so hard. Well, and that's what's great about Pinterest, because it's more about what you're posting than just pictures of yourself. Mm-hmm. And and again, I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's more of a search engine than social media. Your, totally. your stuff has a much longer shelf life there. Yes, that's totally true. Yeah. And I think also when I realized that like, with Instagram, you can't search those images. They nope. don't pop up on Google. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. So I'm putting all of this effort, <laughs> all of this money into these posts. And like, you can't even find them after they're posted. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that's not good. <laughs> right. Totally. So that was smart to focus on on Pinterest for sure. Yeah. So talk more about, about your growth on Society6. So you did the the 200 corporate order thing. Yes, that was so cool. And did you think, oh, well, that's cool. How can I get more of that? (laughs) Yeah. So once that happened, I was like, wow, like I really I was doing the blog more for fun. And then also just to because I love so many things, I just wasn't sure where to put everything. Like I said, I had my portfolio, but I felt like I couldn't like put everything that I liked on there because it just doesn't it doesn't make a brand or it doesn't fit. Mm Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe I should keep blogging and like show more of my process in a way that is comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. So like, say for instance, I'm designing on Photoshop or Clip Studio Paint and like I'm in the zone, I'm in flow state. And then when I'm done, I can like take a photo, a process photo Mm -hmm. and post that on my blog. That's easier for me to do than trying to figure out how to put the tripod up, Mm -hmm. record it, make a story like It's just not natural. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to like put all of this stuff on there and then post on Society6. So my, I called it my creative rep. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to figure out how I could like get the needle moving. So my goal was to get inspired, go outside and do like a nature walk. Or like, even if I was at work, I would like go on a walk on my lunch break Mm -hmm. and take a photo. And then that photo would be the photo that I would draw that night. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I would make a blog post and like say like, oh, I was inspired by this African lily that I saw on my lunch break Mm -hmm. and then post that on Society6. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like I started doing that and I started to see traction. And I noticed whenever I post on Society6, I get more sales. It might not be for the thing that I posted, but I see more sales come in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of related. I just like posted a whole bunch of uh, new artwork and then I saw my sales increase as well. But again, it's usually the best sellers that increase. So it's really interesting, like paying attention to how their algorithm works as well. Well, I'm guessing that when you post new things, they tend to show the newer things when people search and then that helps people discover you and then find all of your old things. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. So posting frequently is a good idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's the goal. My my goal would be this year, if I could continue and do things my way, I would try and go out every day and like be inspired by a new place. It would be nice if it was like a national park, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, just create little collections from there and like make money off of my artwork. That would be so cool. Well, that sounds like a great plan. 
right? <laughs> Passive income, not having to handle like all the prints and everything. You know, it makes things easier. I think working in production and knowing how much goes into like right <laughs> producing stuff, it's just like that could that's a whole job in itself. <laughs> so Well, speaking of yeah. national parks, didn't you do a project with national parks? I did. I almost forgot about that. So um how did that come through? I remember uh I think I was working at the design agency at the time and I reached out to Parks Projects. So they um, they create like T-shirts, really cool T-shirts from inspired by national parks. And a lot of the proceeds um, go to the national parks as well. And I went on a camping trip with them to Joshua Tree, which is really cool. Nice. Uh, I'm a U2 <laughs> fan, so I love that. <laughs> <laughs> really, really cool. Um, awesome team. And then they had reached out to me and said, hey, we're doing a collaboration with Society6. Uh, would you like to participate? And I believe it was me and maybe like three or four other artists. And we got to design um, artwork inspired by the national parks. So, of course, I did Yosemite because I just went there the year before. And it was really cool. They did a Forbes article on us. Um, wow. It was on the homepage of Society6. It was also sold on Parks Project's website as well. So, again, like Society6 has been coming through. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> But what's interesting in that is you reached out to them before the Society Six thing happened, right? You proactively reached out to mm -hmm. that that parks group. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. So I think I haven't done much outreach to um, other brands, mm -hmm. which is something I want to start doing. I'm so nervous to do it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, you've already proven to yourself that it works. Yes. So initially <laughs> my goal last year was to like build a portfolio because you can't like reach out to people and then not have work. Right. <laughs> so now that I have a substantial portfolio and I know what's been selling, I feel like now I have more confidence to start um, reaching out to more brands. And then the smart wool thing came about, which is so, so cool. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. Crazily. Um, a girl came across my Instagram that I haven't been posting on. I start, I think the last thing that I posted on Instagram, I was making, uh, patches randomly, okay. mm -hmm. <laughs> um, patches inspired by the national park. So I would take my artwork and then turn it into a patch okay. and I would make the patch. <laughs> Wait, make the patch yourself. Oh, you were making them yourself. How were you doing that? I was teaching myself embroidery. Wow. <laughs> this was during the pandemic. Wow. Hand, they were hand embroidered patches. Yeah. Wow. Those should have been $3,500 <laughs> each. <laughs> exactly. That's why I stopped making those. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is a whole thing, but it's been fun. <laughs> so um, I started making the patches just for fun. I posted them on uh, my Bye page and it was just random. I just said, you know, I was just having fun posting the patches and I got an email from Smartwall and they said, hey, we had an interview with a girl. She said she came across your artwork and your patches, and she thinks that we should do a collaboration because our values align. They say that you love the outdoors mm -hmm. and we'd love to work with you. Can we get on a call? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is this real? Like, that's so, <laughs> uh huh? That's so crazy. So, yeah, we worked together since I think last November. Um, we have a couple of things in the works with Smartwall. I'm really excited to be working with them. Mm -hmm. But again, like, I guess posting on Instagram and your blog, I mean, even if you don't think anybody's watching, somebody might be watching and they might like recommend you to a company. So that's amazing. Even if there's crickets, keep posting. <laughs> and I love Smartwool. So people, people who don't know the Smartwool brand, they make the most amazing socks. And um, yes, very comfy. Yeah, they may make other products as well, but I really, really love their socks. Beautiful. And they're doing a lot of work with artists, uh, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep posting. Even if you don't think anybody's watching, someone might be watching. <laughs> well, and speaking of your blog posts, there's a couple of blog posts I want to talk about in particular, because yeah. you have gone into, I guess this was last summer, you did a post that was how I made my first thousand dollars on Society6. And yes. then just last month, you did an updated one. And it was how long it took me to make 5K in passive income on Society6. Yes. So tell us about why you chose to go into that kind of detail. We love it when people go into that kind of detail and share their, yeah. their actual numbers and things. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. But then anybody who does 
you know, it gets great attention and it's, you know, it's great information to share. So tell us about that. Oh my gosh. I was like struggling to post that. I wasn't sure if I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember like coming across Kat Coke. I think she was like, yeah, I'm making over $5,000 a month from art licensing. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> and like that really like changed my like outlook on everything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, well, maybe I can make money for my artwork mm-hmm. because, you know, when you take these jobs, because you're trying to like make ends meet, you're just like, I have to do this because, you know, my artwork's not going to do it. Um, and I think seeing that, like, I think pushed me to like really try what society six. So I was like, maybe I can like help someone um, who's in the beginning. Cause I think the first couple of years are the hardest. Like yeah, absolutely. you don't know what you're doing. You're not making any money. Yeah. You're trying to have fun, but you're also trying to make money. <laughs> so it's just like, eh, it's a hard juggling act. It is. And I think that's also when people tend to give up. Like if they don't get an immediate yes. result, they're like, oh, okay, this isn't for me. It's, it's never going to work out. Exactly. But I think if you stick through it and then kind of like analyze what's working, you can kind of like get things going. Mm -hmm. And I think for me in the beginning, because I was working, I wasn't like as reliant on it. So I could like play around with it. Mm -hmm. Um, It took the pressure off. Exactly. But now I'm still freelancing a little bit, but now I actually rely on my society six income. So like I really do like put in a strategy like, okay, so this month I'm going to make this many prints or this many designs Mm -hmm. or I'm going to make sure I go to this museum or go to this national park. So I'm inspired Mm -hmm. because I do want to keep up the momentum. But in the beginning, I did feel like I was climbing up a mountain and then like snow would just fall on top of me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting nowhere. (laughs) Well, it's really nice the way you shared on your latest blog post, which we'll share a link to in the show notes. You know, you have year one, 2019, three designs, three items sold, $16 earned. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) Right. But then just one year later, okay, we're up to 34 designs, 283 items sold. And you you still made under $500, but you could begin to see the momentum. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're up to 90 designs, 964 items sold. And you've made more than $6,000. So, I mean, if you look from 16 to uh, 475 to 6,200, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> those are really big jumps. Yes. And I was really super excited about that. And then I think I gained a little bit of confidence after they posted that Yosemite photo mm-hmm. on the uh, homepage. And I started looking at my sales and I realized that you can kind of uh, play with the prices of your art prints. And I was like debating whether I should change my percentage because I'm like, I am putting effort into this. I'm not just posting anymore just to post. Like I'm actually like spending money to go to these places to actually just go get photos or either make artwork. So I was like, I don't know. I asked my husband, I'm like, what do you think? Should I like make my prices higher? I'm so scared. Like, I don't know. He was like they value your work. What do you mean? Right. Just do it. So like he like pushed me to do it. It was so hard, but I changed my percentage. So how much more, I mean, share whatever you're comfortable with, but like how much Sure. did you bump it up? On Society6, the default is 10% Mm -hmm. for your art prints. And I think frame canvases, all the art prints. And is that what you started with? Was there recommended? Uh, That's what I started with. Mm -hmm. And then I saw I was getting so many sales when I was on the homepage. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I think I can make more if I raised my percentage. Mm -hmm. So initially I was like, okay, I'm just going to do like 25%. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I think like one of my prints initially I would make like maybe like $10 from a $50 order. And then I changed it again. And now it's like, I'm going to change it to 40% and I'm going to see what happens. See if people still buy it. They were still buying it. Mm. So right now I think I'm at 45% instead of 10% wow. of the sale. And that's great. Cause now you're, now you're approaching like real wholesale kind of pricing. Yeah. So I, it felt, it was scary in the beginning, but now that people are like reaching out to me for specifically my design style, Mm -hmm. I, it feels more like validating, I guess. Yeah. But it was nerve wracking. (laughs) (laughs) Pricing always is. Pricing always is. It really is. We, We tend to undervalue ourselves. It's so hard. Like, and I think also I'm in this Facebook group called the Fair Pricing 
for, I think, yep. surface design, yeah. something like that. <laughs> um, but it helps so much because now that certain brands are starting to reach out to me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. like what to price for myself. So it's it's nice to be able to refer to that and to see like what the industry standard is. And, you know, for where I am in my work, I've been doing graphic design and production for a really long time. But surface design is I feel like I'm still entry level. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's kind of hard to kind of put value on myself that way because I've been doing something else for like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So what kind of freelance work are you doing these days? So I do graphic design. I help with websites. I've helped a couple um, small companies in my neighborhood with uh, branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. I do a little bit of everything. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just go where people need help. I mean, like I said, I've done like graphic design for a really long time. Um, I still do photography, uh, but mainly like landscape photography. But if somebody acts like, hey, can you take my like portrait or something? I do it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I also like look up like freelance stuff, like on Indeed and LinkedIn and stuff if I have to, but yeah, I'm still, I feel like I'm still in the beginning of like my freelance or what I say freelance. I feel like there's two, like I have my freelance service mm-hmm. and then there's like art licensing. Right. I feel like I'm still in the beginning of like trying to push my art licensing to be like the forefront. Right. I eventually want to let go of the freelancing. But, but you're still also, um, it sounds like from your description is you're still able to engage in all your different interests, you know, all the different things that yes. you enjoy doing, even though you might be focusing your energies more on the art licensing and, and the thing that you kind of want to push forward. Exactly. Art licensing, like, just seems so amazing. Like, it's almost like too good to be true. It's like you get to like <laughs> do what you love from any place in the world and like partner with these like giant brands, which is so cool. And see your artwork on product. Like it's like a dream come true. Very cool. <laughs> like, it it really is. It's just a slow, a slow growth that you've got to keep at. Totally. And spend more time reaching out to people. Yes, most definitely. I think that's my goal this year. And then I think to just stop being so over analytical. I think I get because I think I am an artist at heart. I like I want to do all these things and like make things like mean something, but it's like my bestsellers are like the most simple things. <laughs> like a lot of the um, quotes or the typography work, that's what sells the best. Mm-hmm. Or like the Yosemite um, photo, that's one of my bestsellers, but it's like, it's the most simplest photo. <laughs> I think when you think about the stuff that people buy, it's usually like, very simple. Mm-hmm. It's either to like accent the colors in their living room or like be as blue as the rugs in their bathroom. Like it's just, <laughs> you can't overthink it. Right. <laughs> you just got to put it out there. Oh, come on. We can overthink anything, right, Laura? <laughs> oh my right? gosh. Oh my I'm gosh. such an overthinker. It's the worst. Um, but it was interesting, Brittany, because you and I talked previously before about um, your artwork and how sometimes the the things that you do the quickest are the things that sell the best. So you're talking about simple here. And and, and I think you're pretty prolific because you can crank out work in an amazing speed from what you were describing. So (laughs) I I bow down to you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, I think just like, I think I want to like romanticize my process sometimes. Like when I see those like reels on Instagram of like people painting the most beautiful things, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even document my process because it's so fast. (laughs) But like, (laughs) it would not, it would not like be like that. I think more of the beauty of my process comes from the inspiration part. Right. (laughs) So I try to highlight that. But it's still a beautiful end result. Yes. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it just comes from like what I've been doing the last 15 years is like doing Photoshop and doing all of that stuff. So it's like a result of like doing that every day. I mean, Photoshop, I know Photoshop probably better than English. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do like tech packs and stuff and like just be on Illustrator and Photoshop like all day. So let me ask you this, since you're such a Photoshop expert, and you put artwork on Society6. How many designs do you have on Society6 today? Uh, let's see. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. And then do you use Photoshop to do different colorways, like of the same piece of artwork? 
Sometimes. So it depends. So my process now, right now I have 149 designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my process right now usually starts with my tablet and Clip Studio Paint. So the reason I like Clip Studio Paint is because, you know, an illustrator where you have to use the pen tool to get like perfect shapes and lines mm-hmm. with Clip Studio Paint. They have a vector brush where you can kind of control um, how smooth it is mm-hmm. and I can get those lines really crisp and perfect as a vector really fast. By drawing it, not just adding points? Yes. Nice. So like I don't have to like, <laughs> I don't know, this isn't very intuitive. So like I'm able to like draw a tree or like draw my lines very quickly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I can save it as like an SVG and keep those lines and import it into Illustrator. And then I know, you know how you can like edit the colors and like play with different mm-hmm. colorways that way. Mm-hmm. And then I can bring it into Photoshop and I can play with texture. I can play with color. Photoshop's just like my first baby, I guess. So I, I'm faster in there yeah. um, than Illustrator, but Illustrator is industry standard. So Still got to use it. Well, what's nice about Illustrator, too, is that for Society6, I know they sell some pretty large, like, poster size things, too, right? Like, the prints can go quite yes. large. So if you're working yeah. on your tablet and you're not starting out with a um, canvas that's big enough, it's going to look pixelated, right, when you increase it. Yes. So working in Vector allows you to probably to create these really giant, you know, pieces of artwork to upload, right? Exactly. Yeah, I usually start with, like, 9,000 by 12,000 pixels always. Okay. 300 DPI. Yeah. Across the board. Um, I used to like, I wasn't sure. Cause I know society six has like different sizes for like different things. I'm like, I don't, how do I like just <laughs> capture all of them? <laughs> so not- just make one giant one. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do. That's good to know. Exactly. 9,000 by 12,000. Yes. The only thing that I change or I have to make an addition of is the all over print t-shirts. They're, uh, template is a little different mm-hmm. so you have to like actually make that one but other than that everything else fits yeah i found that with the socks as well because well it depends on your artwork style but if you have a, a directional pattern and you put the one thing yeah. on the socks then the socks are backwards like one of the socks is oh, backwards no. <laughs> so i was like they're upside down so i'm like oh okay <laughs> interesting i'm trying to get better at photoshop myself so yeah i'm gonna play around this year i think i'm gonna try and play with traditional media we'll see how far that goes i think i get impatient because i can do things so quickly on the computer um and then i know that like simple stuff sells so it's like it's like my marketing brain tells me no <laughs> when i'm like yeah when i'm making traditional stuff it's hard for me to like get into it so one thing that i love to ask people who do so many different things is how do you balance it all? How do you juggle so many different kinds of projects? How do you, how do you manage your time? How do you manage your projects? Oh my gosh. So like I said, I journal. So I digital journal now. And within that digital journal, I have like a calendar and I like to write everything out like the first of the month to figure out what I'm going to be doing. I had read a book, I believe it's called the 12 week work week or something. Don't quote me. (laughs) Um, But ideally it's like you take a day and you consider it a week. So like, what would you do in order to make the most progress? And I was trying to figure out like, what would get me over the hill? What vehicle could I use to like get me over the hill? Because like I said, when I first started, I just felt like I was going up the hill and then like mm-hmm. a boulder would just come down and like <laughs> I would just be running. <laughs> so I'm like, what could I do every day? Even if I had to work or even like if I had a medical emergency or something, like what could I do every day? Mm-hmm. My creative rep. And that was doing the digital artwork and then posting it on my blog. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that I can do that every day, even mm-hmm. if it's not like substantial or like the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I can do it every day. So I do wake up at 4 a.m. Oh <laughs> and my I gosh. do make I don't post everything that I make at 4 a.m. <laughs> because I'm just like <laughs> What time do you go to bed? <laughs> I go to sleep early. Um, I go to sleep at like nine, 10. I fall asleep super early. Um, But yeah, so I wake up at four. And even if the artwork isn't good, I don't post it all the time. But it's more of a creative exercise Uh because I notice that I get really quick with quick studio paint. So like, I think last week I went to Santa Monica Pier. I got this little like uh, camping chair that like you can just 
take out really quickly and mm-hmm. I'll just sit and like draw like digital plain air, I guess. Cool. And I'm trying I'm trying to get faster mm-hmm. at drawing on location, but I'm trying to do this wherever I go. Yeah. So I think if you can like limit your um, try and give yourself a time frame of how long you can make art, you can still accomplish everything else in the day. So like laundry, dishes, bills, <laughs> you still have the whole day to do all those and, things. I think in the beginning I struggled because I wanted to do art all day. And can you do that without waking up at 4 a.m.? That's that's my question. You can. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can. But I like I think I like the quiet time. Laura goes to sleep at 4 a.m. <laughs> I think over time, I realized that like there's a lot of interruptions. So like my mom will call me like during lunchtime, like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Then like I lose my train of thought or like mm-hmm. I have to go pick up my little cousin from school or I got to take the dog out for a walk. Like all of those interruptions, I think, mess up my art flow. Yeah. So like 4 a.m. is my time. <laughs> so it's nice. Well, and I can understand that because for me, it's usually between the hours of like, you know, 11 and p.m. and 3 a.m. when the whole world starts getting quiet, <laughs> which, you know, it's just the opposite yeah. because I I, I kind of want to punch people in the face if they're chipper in the morning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not chipper. I'm groggy. I'm up, though. But I'm just like, I'm just there. <laughs> but I can understand that finding your time when you don't have the interruptions is important. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it, I think it took my me and my husband, we've been together like 12 years. We're high school sweethearts. Aww. That's kind of who I want to punch in the face. People who are together <laughs> forever and happy. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, so I have like a little area in our room just for me to make art. But a lot of times he'll like interrupt me. And my thing, I always say, would you interrupt LeBron James in the middle of a dunk? <laughs> so why, why are you interrupting me? He gets so offended, but I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to try saying that to my dog. Listen, Rocket, would you interrupt LeBron, LeBron James? James? <laughs> would you? No. <laughs> so like, I feel like people don't take art time seriously. <laughs> it's true. Art and just people who work at home. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's just so many distractions. I don't even work in my home office anymore. I actually bought a van and I have like, I, it's like putting myself in art prison, I guess, because the van's small. It's nothing big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a studio in your van? I do. Oh, well, I'm that's trying, cool. I mean, it's really small. I, I bought one of the rugs from Society6 with my art in it. Nice. And I put that on the floor. I have a little folding desk thing in my little camping chair that I was just telling you about. And I make art in there. It's quiet. No interruptions. I can open doors. It's really it's it's awesome. You can take it all different places. Yes, that is the goal. So will you share a photo <laughs> of your van studio with us? Yes. So blog post coming soon. <laughs> awesome. Blog post coming soon. It's, it's in the works. Fairly new, but I'm trying to incorporate that. Like just getting outside. I feel like digital work, you can kind of get stuck in the house or behind the screen. And I'm like trying to force myself to right. get out. Yeah. Or I have cabin fever from the pandemic. <laughs> oh, well, there's there's some of that, too. We all have totally. it. <laughs> Over it. So we just have a few more like really general questions that we want to ask you. Um, What are some resources that you've just found tremendously helpful that you can share with our listeners? Let's see. Skillshare. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I took Kat Koch's um, class really early on and that kind of like introduced me to art licensing. Mm -hmm. I think I had heard of like Lisa... um, Cogden, is Congdon, that Lisa Congdon. Mm-hmm. Yes, she had came across like other blog posts and stuff, and I was like, okay, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so taking that like changed the game for me. Finding the fair pricing um, Facebook group, also, I still refer to it. We'll link to that. Yes, too. that's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I've also come across Bonnie Christine's class. I haven't taken it yet because. I know that I've been using Illustrator in Photoshop for a long time, so I'm a little hesitant because I'm like, I don't need to relearn this. Well, um, Laura and I met through that class. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got together. We met through um, Bonnie Christine's immersion course. Uh, She puts together peer groups and we were just randomly assigned to a peer group and... 
I was this close to taking a class this year, but I'm like, I don't know. But I, I think I kind of want to get the confidence to like start pushing my work out there. Yeah. I kind of like people, I've been letting people come to me, but I think maybe that class could help. I hear a lot of good things about I, it. I would say the class is amazing for learning illustrator, especially if you're a newbie and don't have, don't understand how to apply illustrator to surface design, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're already an expert, you, you might already have a lot of the tools that you need. You just need to spend that time getting out there. Totally. Well, if you want to learn a lot more about technical aspects of create, because I I'd been using Illustrator for years when I took it and I had I had taken some Skillshare classes to learn how to do repeat pattern designs. And I did get a lot like, you know, she starts off with the very basics with Illustrator, which I didn't need. But she goes into a lot more technical detail about Mm -hmm. creating patterns and collections that I think you could probably still get a lot out of. Yep. Okay. So I might take that. We'll see. I think it opens again next year. Yeah. It just, I think the, as, as we're recording, the registration just closed a couple of weeks ago, yeah. a week or two ago. Oh my gosh. But anyway. So, um, so those are really good resources. Definitely. And then I think, I think that's it for art licensing. I think I just try to stay inspired. I like watch a lot of, um, YouTube videos when I'm working, you know, those Mm -hmm. like silent videos of people just working. I think just trying to stay positive. Um, I try, I don't go on Instagram as much because again, like I said, um, comparison. Yeah. So I try to stay away from that, but YouTube I think is different. I don't know. I don't really compare myself, but I think I like seeing, um, people's processes and, um, how they work or how they navigate different issues, I think can give a lot of insight. Well, I feel like sometimes Instagram is, hey, look at me doing these awesome things, whereas YouTube is, hey, let me teach you how to do some really cool things. Totally. It's just kind of a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and Elizabeth Silver. I'm on her uh, email list. I yeah. like reading her blog from time to time. We love Elizabeth. Yeah, she's really cool. We've had her on the podcast and then she interviewed us on her YouTube. So, yeah, she's fantastic. And she's got some great courses, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Haven't taken them yet, but we'll see. (laughs) So, Brittany, what is one piece of advice that you could give to artists and illustrators who are just getting started with Society6? I think there's the barrier to entry for Society6. It's like zero. (laughs) Just start. (laughs) See what works. See what you like. Like, don't have a plan. I think that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, just start. Don't overthink it. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Literally, I put photography, painting, scans of things. I just wanted to see like what people gravitated towards, like really experiment and don't take it too seriously in the beginning. I think if you can kind of just kind of see like what people want from you or what they're attracted to, mm-hmm. you could really like build something beautiful instead of like saying, no, this is my brand. This is what I'm doing. Right. And it not working. Yeah, it's in a way to organically grow because you see what people gravitate towards and then you do more of that thing, right? Exactly. So don't be afraid to be seen trying. I think that was like in the beginning, I was just like, I don't know if this is going to work. But again, like I think Society6 takes that pressure off because it's not like Instagram. Like, I don't know. It's it's just easy. Just try it. All you have to do is hit upload. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice. Um. I have one last question for you. Are there any questions that we should have asked you that we didn't? (laughs) I don't think so. Um, I think we hit everything. Um, I think when you first start, make sure you still have a job. (laughs) 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 It's going to be crickets in the beginning. Um, This isn't a uh, quick fix or a something you can do very quickly. Um, I'm, I think I'm in year three <laughs> and I just hit over, I think I'm over 7,000 now. Um, but again, like it's something that takes time. I think people think that passive income is something that you can do passively, but <laughs> there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you have to do. It's not really that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to put in a lot of time and work, but I think if you can just find one little thing that you can do every day, mm-hmm it'll add up to something. So yeah, don't quit your day job. (laughs) (laughs) Good advice. Good advice. (laughs) You can build alongside it. Yes. Um, So Brittany, where can our listeners find you online? 
So like I said, my blog, I don't really do too much social media. So my blog is bybrigade.com. Awesome. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes so people will know how to spell it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Society6. Yes, Society6 by Berger. I post pretty frequently. So yeah, definitely stay up to date on that. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Brittany. Um, we really enjoyed this conversation and I'm really excited to dip my toe more in the water in Society6 and also to see how your career develops because you've got so many exciting collaborations happening. You do beautiful artwork and I can't wait to see all the cool things that are headed your way. Thank you. This is so much fun. Yeah. Thanks so <laughs> much for being here. We, um, I think you've inspired us both to, I tried Society6 years ago and, and didn't give it enough time to figure it out, but I think you've kind of inspired us both to put more time into it. Yeah. Just try. Just take it like once a week. You don't have to do it every day. Yeah. It'll add up. To learn more about Brittany and read today's Start a Society show notes, go to startasociety.com slash Brittany Lewis. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating and review. Reviews help us reach more Stardust like you and keep us inspired to create new episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.